Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. The Sri Lankan government celebrated the 74th anniversary of the country's independence from the British Empire on the 4th of February. But for Tamil-speaking people on the island, 4th of February 1948 marks the day one oppressor handed power to another. It is Tamil Oppression Day. From the day onward, local politicians promoting Sinhala Buddha chauvinism co-opted the ruthlessness of colonial rule, leading to many pogroms and other heinous acts to be committed against Tamil and other minority communities. The violence has never ceased. On today's show, we speak with Renulga Impakumar from the Tamil Refugee Council. Later in the show, we hear some audio from the various events held in Melbourne and Sydney commemorating Tamil Oppression Day. My name is Renika Impakumar, and since I was 12 years old, when I went to visit refugees in Villawood, I felt a sense of disgust with the Australian government and treatment towards my Tamil brothers and sisters. Ever since then, um, I've been advocating for refugee and Elam Tamil rights, and I've used different avenues to spread awareness, such as attending the 43rd session Human Rights in Geneva and speaking at rallies. But Tamil Refugee Council was founded on 2011 in response to the mass arrival of refugees from Tamil Elam. TRC involves raising awareness of the particular challenges facing members of the Tamil Elam community and campaigning to change Australian government refugee policy. What's the situation like for Tamils in Sri Lanka at the moment? So today in its present time, the Sri Lankan government has used the lies of archaeology to demolish Hindu, Catholic and Muslim religious sites, schools and land to build their Buddhist shrines. They have tried to impose their Buddhism and culture upon the Elam community, and they have built Navy and Army camps on the Elam Tamil land to scare and create harm against Tamils. Within the northern province of Sri Lanka, the Navy camp SLNS Ron Wheelie owns the few roads leading to the coast. So this camp was built after the end of the armed conflict on land that was owned by Tamils. So within this area specifically, there are at least four Navy camps, 10 Buddhist shrines, two army camps, one special task force camp and two Singhali settlements. So from Buddhist shrines to Singhali settlements in the northern and eastern province, it is a clear display of the you know, Sri Lankan governments employing genocidal tactics on the Tamil community. And the Elam Tamils are slowly but surely losing their land. And even now, the Tamil individuals have no information about their disappeared loved ones, you know, which causes many to live every day in despair. Um, and the situation for Tamils is um, no different to 1948. And Elam Tamils are still continuing to reclaim the homeland Tamil Elam. And we're trying to draw awareness of the lack of human rights on the island without being attacked. The Tamil Tigers are the most well-known organisation of Tamil resistance, but were any other resistance groups operating in Sri Lanka at, at the time of supposedly independence and were any of these um, Tamil resistance groups effective? Um, so the, there were various groups, but I would say the LTTE became the only group in the late 80s 
you know, struggling against the government, but I don't know enough to go into details, but it was only the LTT, um, which is an armed force, which went against the Sri Lankan government and engaged in serious negotiations to grant Tamil some form of autonomy during the Sri Lankan peace process in the 2000s. Uh, and they have passed on their strength to constantly remind, you know, the Elam Tamils to continue resisting against the Sri Lankan state. Well, so they were defeated, arguably. They were defeated in 2009. So what kind of resistance exists now? So the resistance that exists now are Elam Tamils confronting the Sri Lankan state's past and present actions. So, for instance, on Tamil Oppression Day, there were many instances such as students at the University of Jaffna were barred from entering the campus premises today. Um, in an apparent attempt by university authorities to prevent them from protesting on Sri Lanka's Independence Day. But students of the campus had arrived, but security personnel, you know, reportedly blocked them from entering. And as a mark of their protests, the students tied a black cloth to the campus gates. You know, another one is Tamil families of the disappeared activists rallied in Mulivaikal on Tamil Oppression Day this year, and protesters hoisted black flags in rejection of Sri Lanka's Independence Day. And we've got mothers of the disappeared have been protesting since 2009 every single day without stopping. And in Jaffna, black flags were also raised from Tamil families. And in the northern eastern provinces, there have been ongoing protests and commemorating the fallen despite police intimidation. And the Tamil diaspora continuously drawing awareness through you know, various means such as social media posts and protesting. But I think the Elam Tamils will not stop resisting. And since 1948, we have been resisting and won't stop until we achieve Tamil Elam. And those who were responsible in genocidal massacres of Elam Tamils since 1948 deserve to be tried and you know, put behind bars. There are many Tamils languishing in offshore detention centres run by the Australian government. But do we know about Tamil refugees in any other parts of the world? Like, what about countries like India? What's the situation like for Tamil refugees other than in Australia? So it's not only Australia that is, you know, disgraceful towards Tamil refugees, but nations all over the world are discriminatory towards Tamil refugees, you know, due to the false belief that Sri Lanka is safe. So in India, there remains 90,000 Elam Tamil refugees. So India's Ministry of State for Home Affairs reports that there are 48,843 Elam Tamil refugees incarcerated in 108 state-run camps across Tamil Nadu. And then there's a further 34,135 Elam Tamil refugees staying at a non-camp refugee in Tamil Nadu where, you know, they're required to report to the police on a regular basis. But the Indian government has actually continuously been reluctant to grant citizenship to Elam Tamil refugees. And only last year, 11 Elam Tamil refugees had tried to kill themselves by taking pills as they were in fear of being sent back to Sri Lanka. And this can be seen like with the controversial Citizenship Amendment Act of 2019, which created a pathway to citizenship from non-Muslim immigrants. So from Afghanistan, Pakistan and Bangladesh, but they had left out Elam Tamils. And even last year, German authorities deported 30 Tamil asylum seekers to Sri Lanka, causing, you know, shock and outrage within the Germany Tamil community. 
and Tamil refugees are living in an unknown sentence as they themselves have realized they have lost freedom in the homeland and also whatever country they have settled in as the world has become more complicit over the genocidal Sri Lankan state. Former Defence Secretary Gotabaya Rajapaksa, he oversaw the 2009 genocidal massacres that we talked about when we were talking about the Tamil Tigers. He was elected president last year. What's the situation like at the moment for Tamils under his rule specifically? So, you know, today the individual, so Gotabaya Rajapaksa who is in power, you know, I think he exhibits extreme you know, megalomaniac attitudes towards the Elam population. And he was in power when he allowed the raping and killing of Elam Tamils in 2009. And even now, the International Truth and Justice Project latest report has had many reports where, you know, the Sri Lankan police and army are still abducting, torturing and raping young Tamils. And this happens when they take part in commemoration events, um, anti-government protests or receiving funds from abroad. But I think since the return of the Rajapaksa regime, um, there have been efforts to silence journalists and suppress freedom, and it's been intensified right now. And even, you know, Sri Lanka is currently ranked 127th out of um, 180 countries in the 2021 World Press Freedom Index. And he even stated in his Independence Day speech um, this year, while saying next to an accused war criminal, saying, you know, I govern the accordance with Buddhist teachings which I think is extremely ironic as under his rule, he has caused Elam Tamils to live in extreme fear with his past and present actions, um, you know, and this has been seen with 2009 with Elam Tamils being viciously attacked. What are the demands of the Tamil people? What is the struggle for? So, you know, the demand of Tamil people is gaining back our homeland, which is Tamil Elam. This is where we live. And we've been fighting for this for, uh, since 1948. And we also want, you know, Tamil refugees to be given permanent visa and to end indefinite detention and offshore detention. And we want those who were involved in the Sri Lankan state that persecuted Tamils, you know, to be tried for genocidal crimes and be put behind bars. We want the mothers of the disappeared loved ones to have an answer, a clear-cut answer of what occurred to their relatives. And, you know, for the Elam Tamils who have died, we finally want them to rest peacefully after knowing their fight did not fail. And also Elam Tamils being able to commemorate the civilians who have died protecting our Tamil Elam land, as well as died due to the Sri Lankan state genocidal acts. What strategies do you think would work to win those demands? I think, I think the answer is quite easy and that would be resisting, but how we do it is possibly complicated. So no matter what, I think our Elam Tamils should resist. So this is done through, you know, educating our youth about the Tamil genocide. So we continuously pass on about the history of our culture and the resilience we must attain. And I think the Tamil diaspora should continue their resistance by educating the nations um, they are in of the genocidal Sri Lankan state. What can you tell me about the international movement for solidarity with Tamil people? Because obviously this struggle can't be won without international support. So I actually think um, there has been no solidarity, which is evident. I think with the case of Muli Baikal 2009, you know, like 
hospitals were being bombed, children, men and women were being raped. And our Tamil diaspora during 2009 flooded the streets. And, you know, we tried to draw awareness, but the um, individuals who had power at the time, you know, decided to stay complicit and not speak out against genocidal regime. And this was even evidence of, you know, the Sri Lankan army raping women and throwing them on buses, shooting naked, tied up children and um, forcing Tamils to do sexual acts before killing them. But even now, for an example, our Australian government continuously states that Sri Lanka is safe, but refugees are living in fear every day, not knowing what will happen to them if they are sent back. And, you know, other nations like Germany are deporting Elam Tamils back to an unsafe island. So the world has continued to be complicit, I think, even after 2009. And this has caused us Elam Tamils, like me, to face intergenerational trauma because we're trying to speak the truth. What actions can our listeners take to support the struggle then? I think listeners should listen first, you know, on first-hand experiences of genocidal survivors from the Tamil Elam uh, massacre that occurred in 2009. And I think they should visit Elam Tamils in detention as well and understand what we want. And listeners should attend our rallies and become the movement for change. But I think what's crucial is that they should be our spokesperson when needed when no one listens to us Elam Tamils. Renelga, thank you so much for your time on the program today. Is there anything you wanted to add? So Tamil Refugee Council is hosting an event um, this Friday, February 11th, and also February 13th to boycott the Sri Lankan cricket team. So anyone in Sydney, please attend the protest before the match at Sydney Cricket Ground at 5pm. And if also, we are also hosting another one at our May Genocide Rally, which commemorates what happened in Muli Vaikal 2009. And that will also be up on Facebook. And if listeners could also follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And that's the Tamil Refugee Council's yeah. page on Facebook and Twitter. Wonderful, yes. Renuga. Thank you so, so much for your time. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. On today's show, we commemorate Tamil Oppression Day, which is the 4th of February, officially known as Sri Lanka Independence Day. You just heard from Renulgar Impakumar from the Tamil Refugee Council. Next on the show, we'll hear a speech by Satyana, also from the Tamil Refugee Council. This speech was delivered at a rally held on the 18th of May 2021, which is known as Tamil Genocide Day. Tamil Genocide Day commemorates the Malivaikal massacre in May 2009, where thousands of Tamils were killed. At the end of her speech, Satyana introduces Mariam Muniyahadeen, a Muslim Sri Lankan, also an oppressed minority in that country. Welcome everyone. My name is Satyana. I'm from the Tamil Refugee Council. It's great to see so many friendly faces. As this is a COVID-safe protest, please try to socially distance where possible and wear masks as needed. Please check in using the dinosaur QR code in the store over there. I'd also like to thank the para players for opening this event. I'd first like to pay my respect to the traditional owners of the land on which we stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respect to the elders past and present emerging. 
We are on stolen land. Sovereignty was never ceded, and we should all remember the ongoing struggle First Nations people face against the Australian state. From deaths in custody to the destruction of country, there are many similarities between our struggles, ongoing genocide in a former British colonial state, oppression of language, culture, and resistance. As Elon Thummels living in Australia, we offer our unequivocal support for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander self-determination. Justice for once is justice for all. In May 2009, the beach of Mulevaikal was turned into a war zone as a Sri Lankan military trapped and slaughtered tens and thousands of Tamils in a genocidal offensive against the struggle for a Tamil homeland in the north and east of the country. Twelve years have passed since this horror, yet blood-soaked war criminals who were responsible for the genocidal killings remain in senior positions of leadership within the military and government. The situation is unsafe, and many Tamils fearing persecution continue to seek refuge in other countries. May 2021 marks a moment for mourning the dead, but we must also fight like hell for the living. Northeastern Sri Lanka remains one of the most heavily militarized regions in the world. It's estimated that there's one soldier for every six civilians. Traumatized children study in schools under military control. Despite the civil war ending in 2009, surveillance, torture, and harassment in the north against war survivors, ordinary citizens, and activists continue to this day. Vast swaths of Tamil land are, are under military occupation, while thousands of Tamils remain displaced and destitute. Tamil monuments are being destroyed, and cultural spaces transformed in a systematic campaign to change the demographics of culture of the Tamil areas is proceeding with military backing. Despite repression, Tamil survivors of the Mulevaikal massacres are fighting for justice and the right for self-determination. We must stand in solidarity by building a principled opposition that exposes the whitewashing of the ongoing genocidal process against Elam Tamils. Thank you for joining us to commemorate 12 years since the Mulevaikal massacre. I'd like to start with a chant. When I say Elam, you say freedom. Elam. Freedom. Elam. Freedom. Elam. Freedom. Elam. Freedom. Our next speaker is Mariam Nalimuddin. She is an Australian legal practitioner, attorney at law, and founder and president of the charity organisation A.R. Munsur Foundation Incorporation. Mariam is a member of the Sri Lankan Muslim community in Melbourne and a fervent social activist. Please welcome Mariam. the traditional owners of this land. Hello everyone. Assalamu alaikum, wanakam, and good afternoon. Thank you to the Tamil Refugee Council and RN Mailwaganam for this opportunity to speak at such an important rally to bring awareness and recognize the crimes committed against the Sri Lankan Tamil population by its very own governments. The famous political activist and linguist Noam Chomsky declared 
that the wanton killing of innocent civilians is terrorism, not a war against terrorism. Wanton killing of innocent civilians is terrorism, not a war against terrorism. Twelve years ago, on the 2nd of May 2009, a terrorist act was committed against the Tamil civilians of Mullivaikal and went on for weeks. The events of those days are shocking. However, the fact that such a day could happen in Sri Lanka should not shock anyone who knows about the country. Why? Because the Sri Lankan government has never shown hesitation to oppress, discriminate and persecute the Tamil population. We only need to look back through the country's history to see that, is, that it is a frequent event. Going back to July 1983, state-mandated rioting against innocent Tamils in the Sri Lankan capital claimed the lives of thousands of Tamils, with thousands more being injured, losing their property and their worldly possessions. The aftermath led to the Sinhalese, Tamil and Muslim people in Sri Lanka to live a life of fear and trepidation. Almost 30 years later, the history repeated itself at Mullivaikal. Since then, and since the end of civil war, until this very day, Tamils in Sri Lanka continue to be disenfranchised stripped of their rights as Sri Lankans and humans. Further, more than a million Tamils live as refugees outside of Sri Lanka, stateless and abandoned. These are deliberate acts committed with intent to destroy, in whole or in part, the Tamil population. This is ethnic cleansing. This is the very definition of genocide under the United Nations Genocide Convention. Over the past 10 years, the Sri Lankan government has adopted the same systematic approach against another minority, the Muslims. And it appears that the Sri Lankan government is preparing for another ethnic cleansing. It started with the halal issue, and then the habaya issue, and then the vandalism of business premises and our mosques. Finally, even the main religious obligatory funeral rites to Muslims were banned, and janazas, the Muslim dead bodies, were burnt. The Sri Lankan government is hell-bent on ethnic cleansing of minorities. Martin Luther King stated that I can forgive even an enemy who spat on my face, but I cannot forgive my friend who stood silently by my side. I can forgive even an enemy who spat on my face, but I cannot forgive my friend who stood silently by my side. So my dear friends, when violence erupts against a minority group, 
and you remain silent, then you are complicit in a crime against that community. So please stand up and speak out. No matter what our ethnicity, our religion, our language, we must be united and support each other in our time of need. Now I will say a few words in my native language and one of the native langu languages of Sri Lanka, Tamil. Oru yuttatin poodu kuda pengalai siruvarkalai bayodi barkalai punidas thalangalil adikkalam pugundavarkalai kondru vidadirhal palam taru marangalai vetti vidadirhal boomil akramum aniyamum puriyadirhal. Indra Ingala the Perumana, Nabihal Nayaham Salla, who Valay Vasalam Avakalin Bakum, or Apavie Kole Savadi, or Mulu Mani the Samu Hatayam Kolvadat Kusamam, Indra Allah in Puni the Alkuran Bakum, Indrum M. Ideatil Olikumbari, Emadinatin Madabada, Inavada Shakti Halal, Oram Katapadam Sirupan may Samu Hatikaha, Emadkural Indrum Ongi Olikatum. Empani Todarwom, Sirupan may Samohatin, Uil Halayum, Udamay Halayum, Padakapom. We, the minorities, have had enough. Enough of being silenced, enough of being oppressed, enough of being deprived of our rights as Tamils, Muslims, Sri Lankans, and humans. Let us be united and move forward together. Thank you so much. That was Mariam Bunya Hadin, a Muslim Sri Lankan, speaking about the oppression of Tamils and Muslims in Sri Lanka. And before her, Satyana and Renoga Impakumar from the Tamil Refugee Council. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. The music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kunjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.